Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Chris Kearney from ViewSource. Hello, Thanks Mike. For, Thanks uh, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, and hello to your listeners. Good. Before we get started, I thought I'd tell the listeners about some of the shows that are coming up. We have some interesting shows in the in the schedule. Tomorrow we have Bill Scalaba from Harmony Hill Winery, talking about the wine business in the state of Ohio. Next week, we have Raymond Sarnoff from Sarnoff Consulting Services. He's going to talk about some simplified ways that small businesses can handle the web. Following him, we have Jeff Weiland from uh, Jack Weiland Builders, talking about home builders. And on Thursday, the 24th, we have Ryan Reibold. He is the CEO, president, founder of Infinitech, which is a credit card processing company. Later in the month, we have... Special guest, we have Oscar Jarnicki, who is a partner in Eastgate Village and the new rehab center that they've just completed called the Atlantis. You'll have some uh, some interesting stories. Let's see, coming up for Sandler next week, Wednesday, October 16th, at the Clovernook Country Club, the Business Builder Series. We're going to have a program called The Seven Deadly Sins of Sales. We have about four seats left that are available for that program. It's $25. You can make a reservation by calling 513-753-9400, extension 106. Tell Carmen that you want to make a reservation, and she can get you the seats. Let's see. Our regular Sandler calendar has uh, some special things coming up in November. On November 20th, we have another cold call camp. If you need to get information about that, Call the office, 753-9400. And on Wednesday mornings, we're running our Sandler Foundations programs. And if you're a Sandler client, you want to uh, make sure you're working from the newest calendar, which I think is dated October 1st. Okay. Let's tell everyone a little about about you, Chris. Chris is skilled at translating his clients' business requirements into practical Internet marketing solutions. I'm glad you didn't say translating into Hungarian. (laughs) Chris has experience that encompasses technical sales, project management, and programming. He's passionate about helping companies understand how to exploit the Internet in a pragmatic, straightforward way and is an active volunteer in both business and civic organizations that include Neighborhood Support Center and the Business Volunteers for the Arts. We'll have to come back to that. And tell us, maybe tell us about that one, that one right now. What is that? And that's even changed as well. I have, uh, I think my extracurricular passion outside of outside of work 
is actually now public safety. I've really navigated my skills and interest into public safety. The neighborhood that I live in is in the city of Cincinnati, and we have challenges, and some of those relate to crime and disorder. So I'm, that has become my most recent passion in that regard. But business volunteer for the arts is really it's part of the Fine Arts Fund. And so business leaders applying their skills to the needs of nonprofits, that's, that describes, in essence, the, the business volunteers for the arts. Mm-hmm. And you began your career here in Cincinnati after getting a undergraduate degree in management information systems from Xavier and subsequently joined the Chamber of Commerce as a membership development representative. That's an interesting job. You get glad to get to recruit people to join the Chamber of Commerce. That's correct. And then he uh, caught the attention of an active chamber member in the technology area and was recruited away to apply his background uh, of the Cincinnati business community to information technology. It wasn't long before he was selected to run the Cincinnati branch of a national IT consulting company. Uh, you couldn't tell us which one, could you? Uh, it was uh, Metro Information Services, and they were subsequently purchased by Keen. So I became a fifth wheel, essentially, mm-hmm. at that point. So I, it was a prompting for a career change at that point. Okay. You've been with ViewSource how long now? Since 2001. So that's a long time. Yes, it is. How did you wind up at ViewSource? The, the company was actually started back in uh, 1998, mm-hmm. and the founder, John Harris, well-respected within the design community here in Cincinnati, he passed away. And when he passed away, the... Uh, I remember that. He passed away as a young man. Yes, he did. Uh, but a core group of employees wanted to keep the legacy going, wanted to keep ViewSource moving ahead as an innovator. And so a core group bought the company from his estate, and it was at that point that I joined ViewSource as part of the uh, as part of the team. Okay, so that's an interesting story. Can you tell us a little bit more about the kind of work that that ViewSource does? Yeah, I'd be glad to. And I would describe ViewSource as a talented group of web technology professionals whose skills range from web design to custom web applications for marketing, e-business, e-commerce purposes. And so our clients generally want not just a creative deliverable, they want a business deliverable. And and so we provide solutions, Mm -hmm. partly creative, mostly business. Okay. Uh, Perhaps you could give us an example or two of of the type of projects that you're proudest of over there at ViewSource. Certainly our, our embracing of what's called responsive design. So our projects now are one website, any device, whether you have a smartphone, a tablet, a desktop, uh, whenever you're accessing the Internet, you only have one site to maintain. Instead of having a mobile site separate from your main site, you make it a lot more efficient and effective by just having one site, one, one place for your content to be maintained. And, and so that, I'm very proud of the fact that we've made that transition as a best practice. Oh, that's good. I used to be a BlackBerry user. Websites were a terrible problem. <laughs> Well, having one website to maintain makes it a lot easier for our clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you develop the websites and you maintain them? Yes, but even in this day and age, the best practice is to give clients the tools that they need, empower them to maintain their own websites, maintain a lot of the content on their websites without being overly reliant upon us or any other vendor. So we really give them the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, give us an example of, of some of the, the Websites that you've done recently that that you're most proud of. 
Certainly. And again, it gets back to also it's more than just a marketing communications tool. It's really a business tool. So the, the websites that I feel are most proud of mm-hmm. are those that transcend just the marketing. It's, it, these are websites where we've integrated them, the web, if you will, into their business. So it's not just a marketing appendage. They're able to actually exploit the web for revenue acquisition, productivity benefits, binding them closer to their customers. Those are the kinds of sites that we do that are not necessarily customer-facing, but they could be facing you know, the, the owner of the company and their employees and their mm-hmm. business partners. They're exploiting the web more than just for marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. So an example that our, our listeners might be able to go to what might be... I, I think a good example would be uh, of that would be if you want to buy a garage door and you want to do it online, you can go to homedepot.com and buy a garage door and be able to actually configure a product that has millions of possible combinations. And we make it very straightforward, very easy uh, to do that in a very powerful way. You know, it's very elegant to the user. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of technology that goes on behind that. And so that integration is, is complex, mm-hmm. but we make it elegant, and, and, and the stakeholders in that are very happy with the result. Okay, so you, you've totally integrated ordering with a website. It's more now than a company brochure or info page. Very much so. It's very dynamic because mm-hmm. business is dynamic. So the ability to configure uh, pricing and make that dynamic, businesses need that flexibility, and they need the tools to do that, and we help them do that. Mm-hmm. Do you also capture, capture demographics or uh, contact information of who's using the site so that they can, the companies, your clients, can use that for marketing purposes? I think you're generally talking about analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Our clients want to measure what's working, mm-hmm. and they want actionable information, not just interesting information, things you can act on. And so certainly Google Analytics has to be included in that conversation. It's just a wonderful, comprehensive tool. It's just a beginner's tool, though. No, <laughs> it, you can dive very deep into Google Analytics, um, and it can just do so many things to help provide insight into what's working on your website. Funnels, who's coming in, how many, how effective are certain paths that you think are effective may not be so to your mm-hmm. site to get to actual conversion, to get to calls to action. Do you actually help your clients in post-site kickoff working with these analytics to improve the sites? Yes, we, we want to figure out what is it that clients really need, and we'll provide them that resource. A lot of clients, or larger ones, are pretty self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. They, they need less intervention and less help than, say, a smaller client would. A small business where they're doing everything, the C-level executive is the owner. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to need a little more guidance in that regard, and we, we provide that, just depending upon the need that the client has. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris has agreed to take questions from our listening audience. If you want to call in and ask Chris a question, the number is 646-595-4916. Chris, let's take one more question before we we take our first commercial break. You mentioned earlier that a group of people bought the company from the estate of the originator of the company. Yes. How many owners does Fusos have today? Two major owners mm-hmm. and then two minor owners. Mm-hmm. And and I would be one of the minor owners because, quite rightfully, I, I came later after the decision you came made. late to the body. <laughs> yes, I did. It's still very much, I, I believe, a ground floor opportunity. I believe Usource has a long way to go 
and uh, and I'm glad to be a part of that group. Mm-hmm. How many employees do you have now? We have 12. 12 employees? Correct. Are you planning on hiring more people this year? Yes. I, I would, that is my goal is to grow the company to the point that we need these creative and technical folks and, 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 and also helping grow our own, our employees, giving them the skills that they need to provide customer services moving forward mm-hmm. because the web is ever-changing. It's an interesting question. Let's just deal with that one now. Mm-hmm. What kind of skills does a web development company look for in a prospective employee? Someone who obviously has the creative the creative skill. And what that means is in this day and age is it, when I talked about responsive design and the ability to have one website, any device, that requires HTML5. It requires uh, style sheet, CSS3. It requires JavaScript. I mean, those are the front-end skills that we use that have to integrate with the back-end, which is data-driven. So a lot of what we do in a content management framework requires a vendor who has a back-end strong data capability, application development capability, as well as a front-end creative capability. So it's no longer just a Photoshop graphic design skill set. It's much more, it's much deeper than that. So you're actually looking for real technical people. Yes. And, and where we approach the market, yes, that is. Because the industry is it has relatively low barriers to entry, Mm-hmm. We have to be able to differentiate ourselves by how dive we can deep into the technology. Good. Again, you can call in on 646-595-4916 if you have a question for Chris. Uh, we will answer. We will screen the calls during the commercial breaks. I'm going to ask Jimmy Fox from Tip Club to come in and talk about that networking opportunity. That's actually going to be next week on Thursday the 17th here at our training center from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Jimmy, go ahead. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Carney. Uh, Chris, after the show, if someone wants to 
call over to you at ViewSource. How do they do that? I think best way is probably by phone. Sure. The, the phone number signals are out. <laughs> it's not web-based. You know? <laughs> that phone number is 513-671-6238, and my extension is 220. Good. Uh, you have an email address? Up? I do. Uh, my first initial C, and then my last name, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, at viewsource.com. And that's V-I-E-W, source.com. Good. Uh, you've been with the company in kind of a, a marketing sales role now for, what, 13 years, 14 years, something like that? Correct. Uh, how do you go to market today? How do you find your prospects? Well, I, I don't go to market by asking, you know, in this day and age, do you need a website? I mean, the web industry has evolved to the point that, you know, it's it's not just a, a primarily a creative medium, as I mentioned before. It, it's really a business medium, and it encompasses not just marketing, but also e-commerce, e-business. So the, the web, as I see it, requires a C-level executive business decision. Yeah. The, the business strategy gets implemented by marketing executives and IT executives. So I want to understand what the business is trying to accomplish before I start talking about their web strategy. So you really work uh, with C-level executives and uh, a director of marketing, a vice president of marketing. And a... mm -hmm. Right, because they implement strategy. Typically, the, the senior executive is going to say, this is the business strategy. What do I need to do to technically implement that? What do I need from a marketing communications strategy to support that business strategy? Um, so I, I have never encountered a situation where there was not unrealized potential in a client's web strategy. But it's only after you look at the business strategy and reconcile that with the web do you figure out where that unrealized potential is. Mm -hmm. How do you find them, though? Are you making cold calls? Are you sending out letters? Are you sending mass emails? No, uh, mass emails, unless they're opt-in, not, not good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you would get into trouble pretty quickly doing that. No, I, I use, in a lot of sense, conventional means. Uh, Tri-State Business Network is a very good uh, TVN is what it's called locally, is a really good networking uh, group that, I, that I've, I'm plugged into. Uh, the Association for Corporate Growth, it's a national organization with a local chapter. Um, that I, one I can, I can uh, say a positive thing about. Yes. Because it's, it, it is against the, the C-level executives. Correct. And, and, it, and it puts you in, a, in, a, in, a, in the midst of those who are creating circumstances for growth, obviously, mm -hmm. mergers. And those are situations where, more likely than not, there's going to be a need for some kind of a web-related uh, service of some sort, whether it's marketing, again, even e-commerce. Mm -hmm. I want to be there when the circumstances are right because, you know, the, the reality is a business is only going to redesign its website maybe every three to five years. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be relevant every three to five years. I mean, it's just got to know you before they come to that redesign phase. Exactly. You want to be top of mind. How do you be top of mind every three to five years if that's all that you do? So we want to be relevant beyond just a conventional website design situation. And again, that's by integrating the web into your business allows us to do that, allows us to get to be relevant beyond just a, a, a one redesign mm -hmm. that happens intermittently. So uh, from, from small to large, what kind of site designs are, are you, or web projects, are you guys looking for? What's the low end? What, what's the, the largest that you've ever tackled? That's a great, great question. Uh, 
we use the letter. We we scale we scale the solution based on the scale of the business. Mm. You know, is it it can't be a one size fits all. Sure. Uh, you know, and it can't be the hammer in search of the nail. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really what does the client need? Whether it's a very small business or a very big business, they have a certain expectation about what their web presence should be, and we want to define what that means, meet their expectation, hopefully exceed it. And so it could be an engagement as small as a couple thousand dollars, and easily with the large projects can get into the six figures. Mm. And we're able to accommodate those clients as varied as they are um, with solutions that are scaled mm-hmm. appropriately. Why do people buy from ViewSource? Because there are hundreds of web vendors out there. I would say that what differentiates us is the ability to, to co-create a solution. So it's not just the client throwing something proverbially over the fence to us. Um, we, to- we, we, we understand that it's not just about solving problems, but creating opportunities. And oftentimes it takes collaboration. So no one knows, the client knows their business better than anyone, better than we do. Mm-hmm. We understand the web, I think, better, as well and or, or more so than our peers. So we know the web extremely well. They know their business extremely well. If we bring those two dynamics, we bring that dynamic together, it's very powerful. Uh, that leads me to a, another kind of off-the-wall question, uh, because your clients aren't as well-versed in web design as you guys are. So can you give our, our listeners some pointers on how to select a web agency like yours You know, from the, you know, the, the hundred that want to do business with you? What are the five or ten questions that a prospective customer should be asking every vendor to find the right vendor? To a certain extent, it will come down to, I guess, what's described as pedigree. You know, people like and have a comfort level for like clients. And so if I were going to a situation, for example, where I wanted to have relevancy to a large B2B industrial firm with um, a network partner distribution you know, a vertically integrated uh, marketing challenge, um, then, then yeah, I, I, I could point to success in those areas. And at the same time, if I want to be relevant to a small business, I can't bring that big business example because it's not as relevant as a small business example. And so being able to draw upon successes at, at a small level and at a multinational level is, is really certainly has to be part of the conversation. So the first question might be, have you done work with companies like ours? I think that's just a natural human inclination is, yeah, they want to size you up kind of based on who you work with. I mean, if you work with companies of our stature. Mm-hmm. Are there other uh, criteria questions that prospects should be asking that most don't even know to ask? Yeah, I, I, what I have found is that if you can, especially with a new client, if you can describe a deliverable that has inherent value that incrementally gets you to a what I call the total solution, then you're not asking the client to take a, a leap of faith. You're saying is, I'm willing to put this much money on the table, mm-hmm. get an inherently valuable deliverable. If we accomplish that, meet their expectations, they're going to give us more. And so we can take the client along all the way from planning to creative direction, to implementation, to support, such as online marketing, you know, driving traffic to the client. That can be incrementally, incremental steps, and you should have a vendor who's willing to take that if that's your comfort level. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else, that questions that people should be asking to figure out who the appropriate uh, vendor would be for 
internet services? Yeah, I would say how deep is your bench? I mean, can you are you going to outsource anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to get in a situation where the left hand is pointing to the right hand and saying, ah, it's a technical issue. No, it's a design issue. Is it uh, you know is it somewhere in between? We want to be able to have you want to have a vendor who's able to take responsibility for the entire scope of work. Right, I've I've seen that. I call it outsourcing, mm-hmm. whether it's outsourcing to other people here in Cincinnati or outsourcing to other cities in America or outsourcing to your software development to other countries, mm-hmm. other regions of the world, uh, create monstrosities that literally don't work. Right. We, won't, we do not want to get ourselves out in a situation where we don't have control over the deliverable. So actually, you, you don't do outsourcing. We generally do not do outsourcing because we have a bench of, of talent that is able to accomplish most every engagement that, that I can imagine at this point moving forward. Okay. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, besides yourself, you don't have any other salespeople, do you? <laughs> well, you have uh, uh, the CEO of Viewsource is actually a student of yours. And I would say he's a better salesman than I am. And I'll give him credit where credit is due. Um, it does. I think sales, success within an organization starts at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm a firm believer that also that whoever's providing great customer service, they're doing selling. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't provide great customer service, you're probably not going to get a post-sale. A, a lot of add-on business, in fact. Exactly. We're uh, talking to one, a large client uh that's asked us to do a uh, private version of the Sandler customer service program, mm-hmm. uh, which came out a couple of years ago. So the reality is everyone sells at some level. They do oh, yeah. overt or covert. Right, right. And some of those customer service omissions that get prospects angry cause them to go in a different direction. Uh, what do you think the opportunities, and well, before we do that, just remind everyone, uh, during our next commercial break, Chris and I will be available to screen your calls. The number is 646-595-4916. Chris, what do you think the opportunities and possibilities are uh, for web development over the next three to five years? I would have to say that the mobile web is definitely a growth trend that cannot be ignored. It is is not plateaued. Uh, We see more and more web devices uh, as mobile devices. And so folks are going to want to be able to access the web through, again, as I said earlier, any device. And so being able to provide that web experience on a mobile device is is going to help, I think, um, lead to success, greater success than you would otherwise have if you didn't have, if you didn't put the mobile web at the same level of, of importance as just the web, and, and again, in a conventional desktop sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a... Uh Commercial break here again. If you had a question for Chris, you can call in on 646-595-4916. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real. He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. 
If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Carney from ViewSource. Chris, you talk to a lot of new people, a, a lot of prospects and the people who already have websites or, or are thinking about doing their first website. What are the kinds of things they're telling you right now that they want? They want to get found. And, and, and for a small business or a local business, that really comes down to what's called local search. Mm-hmm. So just having a website and making sure it doesn't languish in obscurity requires getting found. And so getting found is a function of search engines, it's a function of being found on a, on a map, you know, a Google map, for example, or Bing or whatever mapping program you're using. Getting found requires you to do certain things and not, if you don't know what you don't know, then you might fall in that trap that, well, just having a website checked on um, is going to get you found. So well, you, you bring up an interesting point. Some people might not even know what the difference is between search and local search. Right. Are they two unique things? Yes, in terms of local search, mm-hmm. you know, you get into um, keywords you know, that describe your geographic area. So, for example, here in Cincinnati, we have the tri-state region. We have Cincinnati proper. We have greater Cincinnati. We also have, I, don't know, I can't even count how many jurisdictions we have. We have Blue Ash and Springdale. and so, 350. Ex- right, exactly. And so savvy local search marketers recognize that, and they actually leverage that. So they actually create targeted pages for those micro markets. Um, so that's just so I would have sandless sales uh, training by Roth and Associates of Anderson mm-hmm. of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, right. I mean, we don't really search necessarily in this area by county, mm-hmm. but certainly in some rural areas, you're going to get into county designations or, or other things that are just unique to that geographic location that we just don't use here because. It's all just regional. It's, it's, it's really how do you describe where you live mm-hmm. in, in those terms. Um, but it's also about proximity in terms of, of mobile devices. So GPS. I mean, your phone, if you have the, the location option turned on, you're already the web, in essence, or the Internet knows where you are, and you're able to find other businesses that interest you simply based on your proximity. You know, show me all the coffee shops you know, within you know, a quarter mile from here. How how do all the coffee shops get into the web? Well, they have to claim their listings for one. You know, so Google Places, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they offer the ability for a business to claim 
its listing on the Internet as a business. So there's something called Google Places. Correct. Even I'm learning something new today. I never, I, I knew about Google Maps and Bing Maps, but Google Places. Correct. It's a way for a business to be able to, again, as I said, claim their listing on the Internet, to claim their physical location. Mm. So, you know, for example, if, if I'm in the center of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. literally the, the bullseye center of Cincinnati. Dead center. Right. And I want to find a business, and that business has claimed its listing, then Google knows where to place them on the map. So what happens if there are multiple businesses at the same physical address? We're in an office building. Well, it's only there's only one. For example, there's only one Sandler Training Institute at this address. Mm-hmm. Even though, so this address can be used multiple times, but only for one business. I see. I mean, only one business can claim it. You can't have two of the same businesses claiming the same so, address. You can't have in two. In Westlake, Ohio, there was a there was a short period of time that there were two different Sandler Training Centers and two different businesses in the same building. One guy on the fourth floor, one guy on the second floor. That might create a problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that might be a, that's a dilemma. The second guy to move into business caused a lot of consternation. Yeah, uh, I'm sure those details will be worked out, but that <laughs> would not be a good situation. Okay. Uh, you know, in terms of view source yourself, mm-hmm. uh, what are you doing that's unique and different on the web so people find you? Well, I have definitely embraced LinkedIn. And for our listeners, so has Sandler. Okay. Well, if LinkedIn is very much, I would describe it as the Facebook of the business community mm-hmm. without any of the the baggage that may come with, uh, say, Facebook, which is obviously more of a personal social um, form for, for social media. And they, they, Facebook has made a, a play with the fan pages for businesses. Well, and, and legitimately, brands who want to reach a consumer audience need to be on Facebook as the brand because they're having a relationship with the brand. Having a relationship with Tide as a Correct. Facebook page. Exactly. Okay. But that's different in a B2B context where businesses are looking for resources. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn is a wonderful way for resources to find each other it's a great way for someone like yourself to become a thought leader, carve out content on LinkedIn, build in a network or a following. So, I, you know, again, I, I think LinkedIn is definitely, and I'm still exploring LinkedIn. Um, I don't claim to have completely exploited that mm-hmm. as a social media. Yeah, we had uh, the VP of sales for LinkedIn as a speaker at our Sandler conference uh, in February of this year, mm-hmm. and he did a wonderful job uh, of opening eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you're a B2B, if your focus is B2B, then you need to you need to really exploit LinkedIn, mm-hmm. understand what it's about, respect its protocols. Like any organization or, or resource, there's gonna be some protocols there you want to respect, but um, but by and large, very powerful. Mm-hmm. So if we look looked you up on LinkedIn, Chris, how many people are you gonna be connected to on LinkedIn? Uh, I am still building my following. I think if you reach 500, they stop. They say 500 plus. No, I'm, at, I'm at 1586 today. I've, I've because if I look at your LinkedIn profile, I, I, I'll be impressed if it says 1500 plus. I've seen a lot of 500 plus. Um, uh, you'll, you'll, you can see it. It's 1586. Okay. All right. Now we'll do that at the next commercial break. But the uh, we have one one Sandler Presidents Club member in town who's sitting over 15,000 LinkedIn connections. Uh, I, I admit I need to aspire to <laughs> to grow my my uh, connections. We've asked him to uh, come to a Sandler class and explain how he uses LinkedIn 
to close C-level accounts. Uh, should be a, an interesting class this uh, this winter. Uh, Chris, we've got a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So if you want to solve a complex problem, you need an equally complex solution. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you ran into and the equally complex solution that you used to solve it that they might be able to use in, in their businesses. Sure, sure. I'd be glad to. And this is going to be uh, an e-business example. Um, our client, uh, a client of ours here locally, um, their business operations needed to be integrated with its business partners very tightly. But their legacy system did not allow for that. So we needed to find a, a, a way to do that integration that would not require the client to make a big investment in a new back, you know, a new system, um, would not need to make a, uh, you know, wouldn't have to, because uh, it, it's a lengthy and expensive process. So that was the challenge. Mm-hmm. Legacy systems always are. Exactly. And so you compounding this level of complexity was that the client's business partners themselves have very diverse systems. And so in order to, to do this integration, required us to build a separate web portal with a database and for those out there who are familiar with databases, Microsoft SQL Server. Mm-hmm. So it's a web ex, web network accessible database. And then we used web services and this database to link to all these 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 business partners who have diverse themselves have diverse systems. But we were able to do that by creating, in essence, using the web uh, and the techniques of e-business to be able to make those connections work, and, uh, and it's worked seamlessly. Mm-hmm. So that I think is a very descriptive. And they didn't have to jettison their old no. uh, legacy system. Correct. So everyone could keep what they had as their back office system. Mm-hmm. Be able to synchronize with one another by creating a separate database whose purpose was to do that and do it in a much more cost-effective way. And and so those are techniques that I think speak highly of of um, our ability to to do solve complex problems. Yes, with complex. T- Solutions, but um, but doing it at a price point that is makes sense. Mm-hmm. At ViewSource, do you have a long-term strategic planning process to grow the company to the next level? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question, and it, it does it, it puts me on the spot to a certain extent. Um, that's a good thing everyone can't see you sweating. <laughs> uh, I think the challenge, and again, those of your listeners who have small businesses themselves, um, we tend to be immersed in the business. Mm-hmm. Instead of working uh, on the business, and and certainly I, I I I see that in in us as well. We're very much in the business, but we need to set aside that time to be working on the business as well. Um, so, I, <laughs> admittedly, I think my partners and I have we we, right, we should be more on the business, and uh, this is an inspiration perhaps to do. Well, you know, we, we we have a process that we we teach our clients, mm-hmm. uh, and the real real shorthand is that in in the current business climate, a long term business plan means two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we go into it knowing that we're going to revise it every six months. Mm-hmm. So it's a living plan because conditions change that frequently. Sometimes whole product lines change that frequently. Uh, sometimes vendors change, mm-hmm. so, sometimes personnel changes. Right. So uh, 
I think leverage six month review and writing a new six months for the back end of the eighteen months that are left mm-hmm. makes all the difference. Right. And obviously leveraging the strengths that you have has got to be a key part of that strategy. How can you leverage those strengths economically? Mm-hmm. And recurring revenues is obviously part of that. I think that's what the web has been uh, has helped create business models where you have recurring revenue that's created. So it's not just a fee for service; it's creating a revenue generating assets. And that's obviously, I think, part of what we're going to be doing the next moving forward is is more of those recurring revenue ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like Microsoft and their web based products. Exactly. Exactly. Good. We're going to take a commercial break here. If you have a question for Chris, again, this will be your last opportunity to get the question in. It's 646-595-4916. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real. He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively, even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career, and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next sales discovery workshop, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Carney from ViewSource. Chris, yes, you've been working in companies and professional organizations, volunteer organizations. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could give our listeners a leadership tip. Uh, the tips that come to mind would be, uh, in, in my biography, you didn't mention actually my first job. My first real job was the, the military. Really? Yeah. And, and Which service were you in? I was in the Army. Thanks for the service. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, that instilled into me early on that um, leading by example, extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I never liked that do as I say, not as I do. Be at the front of the pack. Exactly. You know, and if that means being the first person to arrive, the last person to leave, for example, it's the things that show your those who work for you or along with you your commitment to the business. Mm-hmm. So leading by example and the right example, I think, is very inspiring to uh, to those who uh, who rely on you as, sure. as a team member. Um, 
other than that, um, I've also become a big believer in, you know, people do well, it gets checked and measured. Mm. You know, I mean, that's just human nature. If things are scrutinized. But you inspect. Yeah, and it's not every little thing. Not what you expect. Exactly. Is what gets done. Exactly. If people know that these are things that get checked and measured, they're going to be more conscientious about those things. But it doesn't mean micromanaging. It simply means what do I need to, as you said, inspect in order to get a comfort level those things are getting done. Yeah, in San Luis, we call that uh, attitude behavior journal, Mm -hmm. cookbook. Mm -hmm. Those people that actually do it see anywhere from 100% to 500% increase in earnings. Right, because it was surprising how few actually keep it up for as little as 90 days. Mm -hmm. And in some respects, it it may tie back to a um, kind of one of the things of where's the web going from from what I see as as interesting opportunities uh, that speak directly to that, which is executive dashboards. I mean, if you look at the web, and I talked about how it can be either customer-facing in a marketing aspect or inward-facing as a resource for employees and leaders, um, dashboards are coming into a, a much greater relevancy. So, in essence, a, an executive anywhere in the world can go to a website, a web page, private, log in, mm-hmm. and get performance indicators about their business, key performance indicators. And it doesn't matter what format that, that information is kept. It could be in your CRM system. It could be in your ERP system. It could be anywhere. And we can pull those indicators in to a web browser, a custom-designed session, if you will, and give those executives what they need. And if everything is literally as simple as yellow, red, and green, why do I need to focus on the green? I want to focus on the red, and I want to focus on the yellow. Mm -hmm. And so that is just another powerful way of using web technology. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it requires creative design. Mm -hmm. It requires technical back-end ability to do that. And it's available all over the world. Correct. So the connectivity is 24-7. I once worked for a, a CEO who uh, kept a computer terminal on his desk behind, on his credenza. And the whole purpose of that terminal on the system was to measure the amount of traffic that clients were generating every day. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a meter. If the meter was going down, he was all over the sales department. If the meter was going up, he was an easy guy to deal with. But if he left his office and went, took a trip to California, mm-hmm. he couldn't see the meter. No, so right. So I think this technology, when applied skillfully, mm-hmm. gives those executives who are leading the organization what they need to check and measure and focus their efforts on. Um, you know, how many complex sales, you know, with a long sales cycle, and being able to to shepherd those along. How many of those do you actually close if you get to a certain step in that sales cycle? Mm-hmm. And being able to then really focus on it. if you know what your hit ratio is going to be, if I get a an opportunity beyond you know step five of your sales cycle, and I have a seventy five percent greater chance or seventy five percent or greater chance of closing that, then yeah, I want to know how many opportunities do I have in play that are at that level. Makes good sense. Makes 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 the argument for saying those attitude based cookbook. <laughs> exactly, uh-huh. having the tools to do it. Uh, you don't have prob- you probably don't have much of a turnover problem there at resource. Uh, no, we really don't. Um, and the challenge is going to be, you know, when our efforts pay off in, in growing, it's going to be finding those folks to be able to fill the roles that are created, to fill the need. Um, so keeping folks, no, it's not. Um, I think the challenge is going to be finding those folks moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
the good quality, the kind of folks that we're looking for, who have the right stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the soft skills and the hard skills, if you will. Uh, what areas is ViewSource really good at, and what areas do you think you really need to work on? What I think we're fundamentally very good at is understanding our client's intent. What they want and what a client wants is, do you understand what I'm trying to accomplish fundamentally, creatively, technically? And again, it gets back to what I said is, do you understand, if you understand my business strategy, then and you can provide me with a web strategy that's going to accomplish that, then you understand my intent. If you don't, if, if you have a, a situation where, as a vendor, you're just being reactive and waiting for the client to tell you what to do and when to do it, that's, that's just a very passive relationship. The most effective relationships, again, as I mentioned, are, are collaboration and co-creation um, so that it's truly, it's not just a, a passive, it's a very active, you prod me, I push you, you pull me, I pull you, you push me. It's that kind of a, of a mindset. Mm-hmm. Are there any changes that you see you have to make at ViewSource to grow with the marketplace and grow with the economy? Certainly the way technology changes and progresses and advances, you've got to keep up with it. Otherwise, you're not as relevant. So, as again, as the technology evolves, you've got to evolve with it. Otherwise, your capabilities, you just don't have the, the skills and abilities that are relevant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, certainly. Certainly doing that. Um, and having the right, the right partners. As I mentioned before, we don't outsource. Right. It's not our culture to outsource. Right. But you still want to have, I think, you'd want to have some very good relationships with folks who do things that are relevant, that relate to what we do, but we're never going to be doing them ourselves. We're just not like an e-commerce partner or someone who's going to be doing payment processing, for example. You know, we're not a, we're not, we don't provide gateways for electronic commerce, but we can create, we can integrate with those services, but they don't, and they don't do the web. So having those kinds of, of cross-pollination mm-hmm. and also content. I mean, content is king on the web. So having a partner who's, who specializes in content development, like video, for example, you know, that's, a, that's also a good relationship to have. Mm-hmm. When you uh, mentioned earlier that you developed for multi-platforms in one website, mm-hmm. uh, does that mean that you have an assortment of hardware, almost a museum of hardware that you test on? Yes. We have what's called a development environment. And that development environment is like a sandbox. And we're able to replicate what our clients are going to be experiencing with their in, in the wild, if you will. When, it, when a website goes live, it goes from development into production, mm-hmm. you don't want any surprises. No surprises. No surprises. That's bad. Very bad. So we have to be able to test for multiple browsers and, and, and multiple versions of browsers. So you've got Google Chrome. You've got Firefox. You know, you've got uh, Internet Explorer, and you've got multiple versions of those. Mm-hmm. You have to know that your but, you know, portable tablets like Samsung's. Android's or, devices, things along those lines. Yes, those are all operating systems, if you will, uh, that have to be iPads. Right, exactly. And so, for example, a classic situation that gets you into trouble is when you have a Flash content. You have Flash content on your website, and an iPad is not going to be compatible. Whoops. Exactly. That cost Sandler half a million dollars. <laughs> it's prior version of our Sandler Online yes. learning tool mm-hmm. depended ex- exclusively on Flash to present the video. Ex- that's a perfect and it, example. The iPods, iPads, it mm-hmm. killed us. Right. And so what we've done as a company, and it really is an industry, those who are in the, you know, adopting best practices, they have alternatives to that. So, again, the website should be smart enough to know 
what device you have. Mm-hmm. It provides you the content, the layout that is ideal for that device. And in the case of an iPad, it's going to be not Flash. It's going to be what we call HTML5, mm-hmm. the right style sheets, and, uh, and and JavaScript if necessary. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sandler didn't uh, <laughs> believe that. We, we probably lost two years of the development cycle. And like I said, the amount of money was horrendous. Right. Uh, but now they fixed it. So now Sandler Online is a phenomenal uh, training tool. Uh, we don't have a heck of a lot of time left, but let me throw this question at you, Chris. Sure. What motivates you to make tough decisions? What motivates you to make tough decisions? Uh, I think the alternative of not making the tough decision is is really, if you're just putting off an inevitably bad situation because you're the deer in the headlights, mm-hmm. You, uh, that's what I would say motivates me to act. Is, is does it things relative? They don't improve with age, if you will. If a bad if a situation is bad now, how is it going to magically get better? Mm-hmm. I mean, if the tra- if the trajectory is heading south, what's going to make it go north? Mm-hmm. If I don't act, if I don't intervene, it's just it's not going to get better. Mm-hmm. I think that's fundamentally the way I would. Yeah. Uh, the, the three key components for company growth that we see uh, are. Strategy, process, and people. Can you tell our listening audience which is the most important one for ViewSource? I would say that the the people, if you have the, the right people, again, the, the people with the right stuff, they can usually make up in some degree for a bad process, a bad system, but they can only do it for so long. Because people, it's a motivator. I, I want to have a great system. I want to have a great process. But to get the outcome that our clients expect mm-hmm. should not – it could be enhanced by a great process. It shouldn't be dependent upon that process necessarily. You should be able to – if the right people can somehow overcome or transcend mm-hmm. a bad process. And I think that happens all the time. I so think process is below people. People is the most important base foundational element for, for you guys. Yeah, I would definitely put the, the people ahead of, of, of the top because what we do essentially is a people service. Mm-hmm. In many companies, that's exactly the correct answer. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we're running out of time here, so I want to thank you for being on the show here today. Uh, I'm giving you a copy of one of the newer Sandler books, The 49 Sandler Rules by Dave Matson. That book is going to the number one position on Amazon and business books. And went over to the uh, Wall Street Journal. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Inside the book, you'll find the million dollars, because we help companies and individuals <laughs> make an extra million dollars, uh-huh. and a copy of the newest Sandler training calendar. Be my guest. Come out to uh, to sit through a Sandler training program. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I will take this to heart and use this as a, a new resource. Good. Uh, and I appreciate your listeners as well for uh, allowing us to talk about the web. Good. Thanks again for being on the show. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. 